Trail to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Michelle Farris. Michelle is a licensed psychotherapist and anger management specialist in San Jose, California. She's been featured in several publications, including Psych Central, The Daily Positive, Your Tango, Bustle, and others. She teaches people how to create healthy relationships with simple tools that improve self-esteem and heal codependency. She's also written three eBooks and online courses to support growth and learning. Her guilty pleasure is watching Netflix and a venti latte from Starbucks. <laughs> this episode is for you if you're not comfortable with anger, not sure how to express it, if you're taking care of everyone else at your own expense, and so much more. I'm speaking with Michelle Farris today, and we're talking about healthy anger and codependence recovery. You're going to love this episode. Here's Michelle. Okay, everybody, we're talking with Michelle Farris today. This You're going to love this topic. We're talking about the value of healthy anger, self-care, and relationships in codependency recovery. I said healthy anger. We're going to be talking about that because I know so many people just, they're not sure, they're uncomfortable with their anger, they're right. not sure how to express it. So I love this topic. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Debbie. I'm so glad to be here. I love your show. Uh, thanks so much. Let's start off with just, you know, talking about codependency. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us, like, let's talk about that. What is it? How do we know if that's what we're working with? So preface by saying there's a million different definitions. As we know, there's so many books and stuff on this topic. But for me, it's a relationship pattern where we're basically focusing on others at our own expense. So it's not just the person who gives it's the person who gives till it hurts. So they can't stop. So a lot of times people are like, well, am I codependent? Well, if your behavior is hurting you and your relationships, then that's probably a sign that you're, you're doing too much or you're giving too much and you're in the realm of codependency. I would love to, can you come up with a few examples just so we could see what it would look like in a, like a practical mm -hmm. example of some yeah. of your patients or clients who were codependent and this is what it looked like. So just so my listeners yes. and viewers could be like, oh my gosh, that's me <laughs> or not. So this is the person who can't say no. So when they're asked at church, can you do something? They always say yes. And yet their resentment is leaking out most likely, because when you say yes continually over and over again, and you never say no to protect your time, then of course you're going to be upset. Of course it's going to take its toll. You're going to feel overwhelmed. You're going to feel anxious. Uh, another example might be in a relationship where you are much more focused on pleasing the other person than saying what you need. So the whole goal becomes, I don't want my partner mad at me. So I'm going to say yes, I'm going to please, I'm going to negate myself so that they don't get mad at me. And that feeling has to go somewhere. I mean, if yep. we're just busy, you know, taking care right. of someone else's needs and our needs aren't met, that's right. where the resentment builds, right? And yes. then it's it, it has this cascading effect. It can't help but affect us physically and mentally yeah. and emotionally and things like that. So what do we, so what do we do? So let's say we realize, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I'm doing. And mm -hmm. what do I what do I do about it? So the first step is acknowledging it. Like, oh my gosh, I am saying yes when I mean no. Because even if you're not ready to change that behavior yet, 
even just acknowledging it is going to give you some relief because honestly, part of codependency recovery is being honest with yourself and admit that, you know what, I don't want to say yes to my church every week. I want to be able to go to church and maybe not do a task and just enjoy the service, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But even if you're not ready to, because some codependent people will say, oh, I can't say, you know, I can't say no. Great. Just acknowledge it to yourself because eventually that voice is going to get louder and you're going to finally at one point say, you know what, I'm ready and I'm going to say no. And then you realize people aren't really, there's not a big reaction. You, you know, know, what I love about that is the, the idea of acknowledging it to ourselves. That's a, yeah. That could be a huge first step because right. so many of us may not even realize that we're doing it. But when we call ourselves on mm -hmm. ourselves, at least yeah. then it's almost like you can't unring the bell. You, you've, you've heard it, you know <laughs> exactly. what's happening, and yeah. now you're choosing to do it anyway. And the conflict, I can see the, the conflict yeah. that would go on that inner battle. At some point, it's going to get harder and harder to keep right. just saying yes when now we we are very clear that that's what we're doing uh we're saying yeah. you know saying yes at our own expense so acknowledging to ourselves first i think that's great okay so then we've we've said it to ourselves we see it we're getting really resentful now because now uh -huh. we know clearly what we're doing right what would be maybe a way to how do we because it's really true that person just wants to know that task is taken care of they don't right. it's almost like they don't care who's doing it so right what is there something that we should say is there uh is there a next step what do you recommend so i always say start with the people you feel safest with don't start with your mother don't start with people who are really you know intimidating for you uh but start with a baby no you know and you might even have to practice on a friend and say hey can i just role play this with you because i'm really afraid of their reaction but that that actually leads me to another point is Sometimes when we don't want to set a boundary or, you know, do a new behavior, we have a lot of fear around it. And the fear is that I'm sure you've probably heard this phrase in 12 step programs, false evidence appearing real. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we make up stuff. If I say no, they're going to be mad at me. If I decline, they're not going to get it done. And they're going to be you know, swarmed. You know, they're not going to, they're going to be overwhelmed when really, when we say no, I mean, when I started saying no, I was so scared. And I realized that the other person was like, oh, fine, on to the next thing. And I had sweated for a month. <laughs> right. And you know, it's so interesting you saying that because I remember uh, back in the day when I was just trying to be super mom, you know, uh -huh. it was just one of those things, sure. the four kids and the six dogs yeah. and the business, and yeah. I was doing it all. And I crashed and burned, got so sick. But anyway, I, I did. I had a really hard time saying no. And then it hit me once where I, I remember thinking to myself, think about it. How much time have I spent agonizing right. over this? Right. When I say no, it may be, yes, it may be like a minute of discomfort mm -hmm. when you're actually saying that, but look right. what you've secured. It lasts so much more. So even just from a time yeah. standpoint here, it was like you said, you know, look, yeah. all this time agonizing over it. And then you say it, which is just a fraction, right? It's such a tiny right. little amount of time and look what you get back. So, right. Yeah. Right. So just getting back your time and I guess your, your strength, just the ability to just have some boundaries in place. So yeah. let's talk about, let's talk about anger and healthy anger. Mm -hmm. And what's mm -hmm. that all about? 
So I think most of us probably don't see anger as healthy, especially if you've grown up in dysfunctional families where you've had a rager, you've had somebody abusive. Uh, I know a lot of people make decisions like I'm never going to have my anger, thank you very much, <laughs> because of the example they've seen. I know that's what I did. I, that's why I became a people pleaser because I thought I will never ever do that. Uh, however, that makes us feel like we don't, I mean, when you don't have access to your feelings, you're not being honest. And the codependent person want, prides themselves on being honest, right? Because they're a rule follower, they're super giving and they're, they contribute. But if I'm lying about how I really feel, I'm not going to be known in my relationships. And I had to get to the point, and I think that's why embracing our anger and codependency recovery is so key because it's that point where you finally say, you know what, ouch, this hurts and I actually need to say something versus no, I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to be a people pleaser because you know what, it's safer that way. Nobody's going to be mad. So I really want to dive into this a little bit because yeah. that's just, that's something that I think is going to help so many people. Let's just say something happens. Mm -hmm. You would be angry if you allowed it, but right. you, whatever you said to yourself, this isn't safe. I shouldn't do this. I can't do this. Yeah. I have to just get rid of this anger. Did you yeah. know at the time that's what you were doing, that it was anger and you were trying to find a different option? No, I thought it was resentment because resentment was safer. <laughs> I would never have, I would never have labeled it anger until I sat on it long enough and I realized, okay, now I'm upset. Uh, but I had to get to that point where it was like, okay, I had to go back and acknowledge it myself. Wow, I'm actually angry. It's not resentment because even that I think for the codependent is huge because they have so many um, misconceptions about if I'm angry, I'm bad, I'm mean, I'm X versus well, what if it's normal? Right. But let's talk about the difference. What's the difference between yeah. anger and resentment? So resentment is more when you're stuffing your anger and it leaks out into, I resent you. So I'm not going to say something specifically to you. I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to swallow all of those feelings. And then they leak out in either passive aggressive comments, silent treatment, guilt trips, very indirect ways that people don't realize. And they're, people hold on to it for years. So this, this is the person that might say, yeah, you know what? That person hurt me five years ago. And I remember every detail. That's so the poison right there. That's right. You're yep. holding on to it versus anger is, wow, I'm really mad. And I need to do something with this anger because it is hurting me and, or it's hurting the relationship. Okay. So now let's, because everybody listening, watching this show or most have, they are struggling to heal from a betrayal of a family member, partner, friend, coworker, self. Yeah. Let's talk about the difference in what it would look like mm -hmm. resentment. And, and anger with, let's say they're trying to heal from a betrayal. They're trying to either heal or move on, heal and rebuild with that person, yeah. whatever the, the, um, the situation is. And the resentment would look like what, and the anger would look like what? So the resentment is more to me, an internal process where you're writing. I actually have a resentment journal that I created because you have to find, okay, how is it hurting you? You have to vent all 
of what you resent because usually when we, we have a resentment, there's a huge story attached and we need to get that story completely out on paper because that's how you're gonna solve it. Because when we're holding something in for, let's just say five years, right? There's probably a lot attached to that. <laughs> it's not just one thing somebody did. Now we have a huge story. And if you can get to your part in that resentment, that's what typically changes it. Whether it's something you did before or after or during or in reaction to, those are the things that are gonna shift because if I can see my part, I'm not gonna be as resentful. Mm -hmm. Whereas with anger, um, and I'll go back to your question about healthy anger too, is if I'm angry, I'm going to have to say, hey, I'm upset, I'm angry, and I have to name the specific behavior that somebody did or said that hurt me. Now, where most people get lost is they'll say something like, you know, I'm mad because you never support me. You're never there for me. Well, what does that mean? You know, the other person's going to be like, what are you talking about? I'm there for you every day. But if you say, I'm really mad that when I talked to you last night, you were on your phone the whole time, then the other person's going to be like, oh, well, I was on my phone the whole time. So let's take that scenario there and let's just, let's just imagine this person asked mm -hmm. the other person, they, they, they were very clear, I'm angry because you were on your phone. Yeah. And then the next night and the next night and the next night, it's the same thing. They're still on yeah. their phone. And yeah. does anger turn, does anger then turn into resentment? Sure. If you have a partner that's not responding, uh, but that might be, so if you have a repeat scenario like that, then you might bring that up as, you know what, here's what I notice. I notice that when I try to talk to you at night, you're typically on your phone. I wouldn't say always or never, because those are buzzwords that people mm -hmm. are going to react to because they're going right. to get defensive. And if you can have a conversation and say, hey, you know, can we talk about this? Because you may not know, that may be a really bad time to talk to your partner. They may be zoned at that point. They may need that veg time to just be on their phone. Maybe they'll come back to you and say, you know what? Nights aren't good for me, but how about afternoons? So you get to negotiate, okay, what does that look like? You don't give up your need because you're mad. You actually bring it up and say, hey, can we talk about this? But you own that, you know, this hurts or this, this really bothers me, mm. you know? So, so let's use that because it's just a, a perfect, perfect example. So let's use that mm -hmm. same example now and talk yeah. about how would somebody respond with healthy anger versus uh -huh. unhealthy anger? To the person who- to the person who faces yeah. in the phone when they need to speak. Oh, I'm, I'm saying, I'm using this example because yeah. I'm sure so many yeah. people can relate to this. Yeah. Well, I would say I'm really frustrated when you continue to be on your phone and I want to talk to you. I really would like some time together, but I'm naming it. I'm not being general and I'm, and I'm not creating a judgment because I could say something very different. I could say, you're an ass for always being on the phone. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. never, you're never there for me. So if I go down that road, of course, they're going to get defensive because they're, they're going to go, I'm a nice guy or I'm a nice gal. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. I'm there for you. I'm sitting right next to you, <laughs> right? They're going to have their own comeback versus if you stick with the facts and the feeling and it isn't about judgment, it's going to go down better. That's why you can't jump everything in the kitchen sink in this. You can't say you always or you never because the other person's not going to deal with that. 
okay. they're going to get defensive. So I think a big part of this is not assuming that the person is doing that because they don't care because, you know, the, we're not important. We don't right. matter. All of these things that we can lump in. And that's where it could be. Right. Now there's anger and there's hurt on top of it. So I could see that's just a big ugly storm yeah. we're creating right there. Okay. Yeah. So the healthy anger would be to, to just name it, be very specific and no judgment mm -hmm. to it. Am I getting that right? No. And you still can be mad. You mm -hmm. can still say, I'm really mad at this. This really hurts me. This has happened before. That's different than saying you're always doing this or you're making me mad. Because again, that you is going to set you up for a really uh, toxic conversation. Yeah. Okay. So the resentment, because that's something that so many people in my community struggle with because mm -hmm. they, they, you know, look at their relationship. Like I was, I was a good partner. I didn't do any, I was abiding mm -hmm. by the rules, the spoken or unspoken rules of this relationship. Let's take a marriage, for example, and yeah. betrayal, you know, could be a coworker, a friend, a, you know, anything, but we're just right. taking, let's say a marriage. And then they're, let's say they're, they're trying to tr make sense and make meaning out of this, but the resentment, maybe because of the injustice of it, maybe because of just how uh, traumatic it was to their heart, you know, mm -hmm. how do you, how do you manage that resentment? What do you do well, to let that go? The first couple things I would wonder is what's your self-care like? What's your support system like? Because if you're trying to deal with a resentment in isolation, that's going to be really tough. Um, but, and have you told that story and have you challenged that story? Like, because when I get a resentment, I know some of the story isn't true and I have to be willing to see that part. Like, okay, you know what? I'm kind of embellishing a little bit here because I'm hurt. And that's normal. We all do that. We all want our stories to be justified, especially if you come from a family of hurt and betrayal, then of course, it's gonna mean a lot more as an adult to make sure your hurt is justified. But we have to be willing to kind of dissect the story and see, okay, what is our part? So even in a marriage, that's like give your example where you're following the rules, you're being respectful, you're doing all this stuff. Well, are you taking care of you? Are you setting boundaries? What else could be contributing to your resentment that you could look at? Like maybe all your emotional eggs are in their basket and you're expecting them to be different. Well, that's a setup for resentment, right? Mm. Versus you, us saying, you know, hey, I gotta get my needs met outside my relationship, not just in my relationship. Yeah, and, and it, it's so interesting because there is such a link between betrayal mm -hmm. and self-betrayal. And I think we yes. get so, we get so angry at ourselves, yeah. you know, that we're not, uh, standing strong or saying what our boundaries are or really right. sticking to and then we get angry at ourselves right. so yes of course we're, we're angry at whoever did this to us but we're also so angry at just that it yeah. could be just that role that we had in it so i love that the emotional eggs do we have all of our emotional eggs in their basket that's interesting okay so the resentment is a lot to move through is it the kind of thing where you just take it on. You're like, okay, that's it. This, this emotion, this experience is poisoning uh -huh. me. And I, and you yeah. know, there's that saying, what is it? You, it's when you drink poison and you hope the Poisoned. other person dies. Yeah. Right? That's what, to me, isn't that what resentment is? I mean, I think that's. Oh yeah. But the other thing we have to remember is recovery is messy. 
You know, recovery is not a process where, okay, you go in, you, you do work for several months or even several years and then feel like everything's perfect. You know, you're gonna struggle on occasion and that's part of recovery. And I think sometimes people beat themselves up like, oh, I shouldn't still have this resentment. Well, you know what you do and it's okay. It's part of the process. And I guess that's what I really wanna give people is permission to you know, do this recovery imperfectly because nobody does it perfectly. Even therapists, we're not, you know, we don't have the market on, oh, now we, we're perfect. We have everything together. No, we still struggle. And those are the teachers I think I really want to learn from myself because they're willing to do the work. I love that you brought that up because it's so true. If someone is, is seeming too perfect, that that is so not real. I, I, I don't trust that. I just don't right. trust it. And you're right. Real when it comes to transformation with, with something like betrayal, I mean, the old is, yeah. you know, it, it crashes and burns. And that right. and to rebuild isn't it, it it's not smooth, it's not graceful. Uh nope. and I think that's right. why a lot of people avoid it. And that's when they use yeah. all of those avoidance tactics right. because to dive into this stuff is some serious work. So yeah, right, or they feel like they're doing it wrong. Like, oh, somebody else is healing faster than I am. Look at all the kudos they're getting. Look at all the progress they're making. But it's so unfair for us to compare ourselves with other people because we don't know their story. Right. You know? So is it possible? Let's say we realize, oh my gosh, I am codependent. Is it possible yeah. to, to realize that maybe we, we've been codependent? Can we have a healthy relationship that way? We totally can. We just have to try to create a balance between what we're giving and what we're receiving because the codependent doesn't want to receive. The power position is to give because when I give, I have that hero's high because mm -hmm. I feel really needed and I feel really good. But then I crash into resentment because at some point I'm going to need something. And if I don't ask for it or I expect them to know, <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be a mess. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, Thank God we're living in a time with all these resources that you can create a healthy relationship because there's so much more material in how to do that. You know, mm -hmm. there's Al-Anon, there's CODA, there's workbooks, there's classes, you know, there's all these resources that people can use. But I think for me, the healthy relationship for the codependent starts with, you know, how do I identify what's unhealthy? You know, where are our relationships codependent, unhealthy, imbalanced? because that's going to be the starting point to start repairing it. And, you know, you talked about the importance of self-care a, a while back, mm -hmm. a while back, and it's so common to feel guilty. It's like if everybody else is taken care of right. and everybody else's needs are met, if there's any time left, I'll take a look and see, oh yeah, I'm here too. What do I need? How do we stop right. feeling guilty about that? I think we need to kind of look at where that came from. Like, what are your beliefs around self-care? Because if it's, oh, it's selfish. Well, I will bet that you don't feel, you don't judge your best friend for taking care of themselves. You would encourage your best friend to take care of yourselves. And I think that's what we have to remember is the people who love us want us to take care of ourselves because they know that we're going to be easier to be in relationship with. We're going to be happier. And sometimes using that external motivation of, you know, your family really wants this for you can help the codependent because they're like, oh, they're not going to be mad. No, most likely they're not. You know, they want you to be less overwhelmed. 
And it's so true. And I always, with someone who's, who's not taking care of themselves, if they have kids, let's say, I'll, I'll just say, okay, yeah. do you have, what would you say? What would you say to your child? Right. Exactly. And it, the answer comes out in two seconds. It's the, yep. it's so easy and it's so clear. And then right. they realize, oh my gosh, I'm the biggest role model. And if they're watching me and yeah. I'm not doing exactly what I would suggest for them, well, then I'm just sending, you know, sending a scary message there. So right. what, what does everybody need to know as we wrap up? That you can totally heal from codependency and don't be afraid of the anger and resentment because I guarantee that is going to deepen your healing because there's a reason why you feel resentment or there's a reason you feel angry. It's not like, oh, you're bad or wrong or you shouldn't feel that way. It's There's a reason. And if you can get to that reason, you're gonna get to the gift because there's gonna be some change in either yourself or your relationships based on what that feeling is. And you know what that's like, you know, I, I talk about it sometimes, the hero's journey, right? Where yeah. here we are just, you know, la, 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 getting along. And then something happens. And in, yep. in our case with everybody here, it's a betrayal. And then that there starts the climb and the opportunity right. to do all we need to do, go through those challenges and, and all that we have to, to get to the, the prize, which in this yeah. case could just be feeling better knowing yeah. the emotions that, that we have, not burying them and, and feeling right. okay that we do experience anger and how to manage through it you know, carefully and skillfully. So mm -hmm. where do we go to learn more about you? So my website is counselingrecovery.com and I have a lot of resources there. I have a new codependency workbook that I just put out that's pretty fun. Uh, it's very extensive. So if people want a step-by-step -step process, um, that's what I wish I had when I started because I went to Al-Anon and, you know, the 12 steps are great, but it didn't talk about self-care. It didn't talk about how do you set a boundary when you're scared to death? <laughs> and that's the stuff for me that uh, I love to create. That's going to be so helpful. There are so many people in my community and we have um, just discussions around this exact topic. So yeah. I can really see how needed this work is. And I'm so glad you're doing it. So Michelle, thank you so much. I, I know you help so many people with what you share with us today. Thank you. Thank you. I know you do too. <laughs> I learned so much during that episode and I hope you did too. Like vent what you resent and so much more. Stay in touch with Michelle by going to counselingrecovery.com and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. The first step is being honest with yourself and acknowledging how you feel. Then start small by saying no or standing up to someone you feel safe with. When you're expressing your healthy anger, be sure to avoid words like always and never. Then name what's upsetting you and what you're feeling. Don't let the anger turn into resentment. That's poison for your body, mind, and your relationships. All of that takes a toll, so be sure to take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz, which you can find at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. And of course, if you haven't already, check out the PBT Institute membership community. Everything is in there that you'd ever need to become your physical, mental, and emotional best. Community, support, certified coaches and practitioners that you can schedule time with, daily classes on all kinds of interesting topics, curated experts teaching advanced strategies in the areas of health, mindset, spirituality, personal development. Imagine the most friendly, welcoming, and supportive place to become your best, and it's all online. Nothing like this exists, and I am so excited to welcome you. Go to thepbtinstitute.com 
forward slash join to learn more. Like the show? Please subscribe, rate, and review. And of course, if you know of someone struggling to heal from a betrayal, be sure to tell them about the show too. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.